Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. And I pray as we listen here to this parable of Jesus, uh, that you would give us ears to understand, hearts that long to listen. uh, And I pray you would help all of us to respond in faith and repentance and accept the wonderful things he has to say to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, currently it is sad times for the royal family uh, with the death of Prince Philip, uh, an incredible man. Uh, But this evening I'd I'd like us just to think back to a happier time for the royal family. I want you to think back to 10 years ago, April 2011. I'm not sure if it was on your radar at that point, uh, but that was the wedding of Will and Kate. I can see one person smiling. Uh, This was the wedding of the generation. Because this is the wedding of the one who will, in all likelihood, be the king of England uh, in the future, and at least his kid will be. Uh, Incredible. It was an incredible wedding. Uh, No expense was spared. Over $1 million was spent on flowers alone. Uh, The two wedding cakes cost about $80,000 each, and they actually had to remove some doors from Buckingham Palace to be able to fit this cake through because it was so big. Uh, all up, it cost $34 million. And it had an incredible turnout. One million people lined up in the streets outside of London to watch this couple drive past in the car after the service. Uh, all up, somewhere around 100 million people watched it live around the world. Was anyone here who, who watched it live? A couple of people. You should have seen a morning service, like half the yeah, congregation yeah. put their hands up. Uh, contributing to that number. Incredible. But the real action, of course, was there inside Westminster Abbey. 2,000 people crammed into the Abbey. It included uh, the entire royal family, uh, dignitaries, the rich, the famous, uh, the who's who of the UK and beyond. Uh, can you just imagine sitting there in that church in that day? You know, probably on your seats to your left, you'd have you know, Dave and Victoria Beckham. Uh, on your right, you might have Elton John. And you're all just sitting there together watching this incredible wedding of the decade. Imagine being invited to Buckingham Palace afterwards for the wedding reception. Uh, the invitations to that were actually issued by the Queen herself. Uh, and you might see an invitation. That was it there. Can you imagine going to your letterbox one day uh, and pulling out a really old school, this thing called a letter um, with a stamp and things, uh, and finding on it the royal seal. And you open this letter up and you see it's an invitation signed by the Queen herself inviting you personally to come to the wedding of her son, the future king. That would be pretty awesome. Well, in the parable we're about to look at right now, we're going to see something which far outshines even all of that. We're going to see a far greater invitation. And this invitation is not something you just need to daydream about. This is an invitation for all of us, and one that every single one of us needs to respond to and work out where we stand with it. And it's actually this invitation which is what drives Naomi and I to pack up our family and head off to Japan because of what's in this parable. Uh, So let's get into it. If you have a Bible, please do open it up to Matthew chapter 22. Uh, We're just going to work our way through it. Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Uh, There it is. It's a royal wedding, isn't it? He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. 
But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fat and calf have been butchered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Now, wedding banquets uh, back then weren't like our modern reception. You know, a modern reception today, you know, would have like, you know, maybe last three, four hours. It'd be nice and fancy, but it'd just be one night. Well, back then, a wedding banquet could last for days, maybe even a week. When this king says this party is about to start, he's talking about something big. Whole animals have been butchered to feed uh, this banquet. Uh, This is the ancient equivalent of a $34 million wedding. Uh, And this parable is pointing us towards what? Well, Jesus says this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. I'm not sure what picture jumps into your mind when you hear the word heaven. Uh, Often I think we're quite influenced by what we see on TV or something. Uh, We have a picture of this really white space where there's no sort of shadows, there's no sort of depth you can sort of see or any sort of dimensions. And, and everyone's there dressed in these white suits with white ties and some people have wings and sometimes there's clouds. And uh, it, I look at that sort of thing and I think, wow, that, that's quite cool. I, I might like to visit there one day. But if I'm perfectly honest, that's the last place I'd like to live. It's just too sort of spacey and, you know, sci-fi. But you see, Jesus, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven... More often than not, he's going to speak about it in terms of a feast or a banquet. Uh, Think about the best wedding reception you've ever been to in your life. Uh, The the food, the the drink, the the buzz of excitement in the air. Uh, Think about the the cake, the, the photo booth, all those things. That's the vibe of heaven, Jesus says. And it's more than that, isn't it? It's about relationship. See, when you get a a wedding invitation, that's a sign of connection, of of closeness. And here in this parable, we see the king, he's not just sort of posting it on Facebook. Uh, He's not just sort of putting something in the local paper. He has sent his invitations to these people, and then he personally sends his servants and says, go, go and invite them, bring them in. They say no, so he sends even more and says, I want them here with me at this wedding banquet. Because that's what makes celebrations so good. The decorations are wonderful, but it's the relationships are what make such a celebration awesome. And heaven is less to do with the decoration. It's everything to do with a deep, personal, close and wonderful relationship with the king, with God himself, the one who created and loves us. It's a relationship which starts right now, and a relationship that extends beyond death for all eternity. That's the sort of invitation we're looking at right here. And because of how great that is, what happens next is such a shock. Look down at verse 5. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. They turned down the offer of friendship with this king for, for what? To go back to the office to head back out to the farm. But, but even more than that, some of them then go and take some of the servants and kill them. Uh, this seems really extreme, but Jesus is actually telling this parable against the religious leaders. Uh, if you do have a Bible, you just flip back for a moment to chapter 21 and just sort of skim through the headings. Uh, Jesus is just into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, they're putting all the palm branches down and shouting, you know, here's the king coming. 
his welcome of celebration. He heads straight to the temple, and what happens? He clashes with the religious leaders. As you read through chapter 21, you'll see these religious leaders, they don't care about truth. They're not there to listen to what Jesus has to say. They're there to maintain the status quo, which is them being the ones in charge. As Jesus grapples and wrestles with them uh, and sees they're not interested in truth, his response, he turns to the crowds and he tells three parables, one after another. Uh, Our one is actually the third one in that um, list of three, all of them directly against these religious leaders. Uh, Because these people, they were the ones that knew the scriptures the best. That they knew God's promises, that one day he'd send this saviour, Messiah. Uh, And when that Messiah turned up, when that Messiah told them about this incredible invitation to enter the kingdom of heaven, did these religious leaders accept the invitation? No. Now they saw Jesus as a threat. Uh, Look through the rest of chapter 22. You're going to see the Pharisees and um, the Sadducees and all the religious leaders trying to trap Jesus in his words, trying to find a way they can get Jesus arrested. When they fail to do that, well, that's when things get ugly. They send a group of thugs in the middle of the night to arrest Jesus in secret. They drag him and and rip him before a, a sham trial and declare him guilty. They then take him to the Roman governor and convince him and convince the whole crowd to get this guy executed. When Jesus says those who were invited not only turned him down but turned violent, Jesus was not joking. He was speaking about what they were about to do to him, the people in the very crowd who were listening to him. And Jesus says in this parable, there's going to be consequences. Look down at verse 7. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. It sounds harsh, but the king, out of love, invited them to be with him at the wedding of his son. And they not only ignored him, they stonewalled him, didn't respond, and then they passive-aggressively went back to work. And then to top it off, some of them went and dragged the servants away and killed them. Uh, The word used in that verse is murderers. This is not a dispute between friends. It is an act of violent treason. This is a stance of rebellion against the king. And that's what the heart of sin is. Uh, Rebellion against God. Uh, Earlier Jesus had said that the most important commandment is love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's what we're made for. We were made for a relationship of love with the God who created the universe. And when we ignore him, when we turn our back on him, when we do things our own way in spite of him, we are spurning the one who loves us and we are rebelling against the one who has authority over us. And God is hurt and enraged at such rebellion. And God will punish rebellion like this he says there are terrible consequences when this invitation is rejected but but the parable doesn't end there Uh, look down at verse 8 then the king said to his servants the wedding banquet is ready but those I invited did not deserve to come so go 
Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. I think verse 10 is probably the most beautiful verse in this whole chapter. The the religious leaders, the ones you'd expect to enter the kingdom of heaven, reject the invitation. And so Jesus then says, well, hey, this invitation is thrown wide open to everyone there listening to him. And in that crowd in front of them, there would have been people who society would have deemed good, good people. There also would have been those society would have deemed the outcasts. There would have been the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners, the people who were the lowest of low in that society. And Jesus says, well, now those deemed good and those deemed bad are all welcome. And keep following through the book of Matthew right to the very end. Jesus says, oh, it's not just for those Jewish people Jesus was speaking to. No, no, no. This invitation is to go to all nations. All are now invited to come and follow this, um, to have this relationship. I sat down with a guy uh, last year. Uh, He was from a sort of Christian background, but in his teens he sort of left that behind and and chucked it all in. Uh, From then he said his life just got darker and darker. Uh, He'd done many things he had regretted, uh, many things he was ashamed of, and he felt trapped by uh, the consequences that his decisions had led him to. Uh, He he rocked up to uni um, and was trying to figure out life, and he turned up to church. Uh, And one of his questions was, would God really forgive him? But because he'd come along to church one night and he heard someone get up there and, and give their, their testimony, sharing about how they realised they'd been rebelling against God and they turned around and followed him and found forgiveness. And this guy said, I just listened to that testimony and I thought, how petty those, that guy's sins were compared to mine. That guy has not done even a quarter of what I have done. And his question was, well, Would God really forgive me? Did God really want me to be with him? Uh, Last I saw him, sadly, I think he's still wrestling with with that question. But I think verse 10 gives us a bit of insight that fits with the rest of what the Bible says about Jesus' answer. Verse 10. So the servants went out into the streets, to Torrey Street, to Cuba Street, Uh, to Kelvin, the Arrow Valley, to all the paths on the Vic Uni campus and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. If you're someone here today who thinks you don't deserve to be here, you, you don't really meet the mark to fit in with the sort of Christian crowd, If you think there's something you've done in the past that disqualifies you, that means you just shouldn't be here and you're a fake and you're a phony, then please listen to these words of Jesus. This invitation is for all. The bad, the good. This invitation from the king of the universe is there for all, inviting you to come and be with him in this incredible wedding banquet. That's the invitation we're talking about tonight. And this is the reason we're going to Japan. Jesus says this invitation is for all people, for all nations. Currently in Japan, there's well over 100 million Japanese people who don't even know 
that this invitation is out there for them. And we go just longing to tell as many people as possible and encourage Japanese Christians to tell as many people as possible about this wonderful invitation. It is open to all. But you do have to RSVP. Uh, RSVPing, uh, there's no cost to it. There's no fee. There's no entry requirement. Uh, Jesus is here saying this parable. And in a couple of days, the religious leaders will do exactly what he says. Uh, They're going to get him arrested. They're going to get him killed. But that was no accident. Because when Jesus died on that cross, he went there intentionally and willingly to take our punishment in our place so that we can be forgiven, so that we can go free, so that we can have this wonderful relationship with God. And there's no entry requirement because Jesus has done it all. We just have to humbly accept the invitation and just say thank you. We grab this invitation and we say, actually, I'm going to depend everything on this. I'm going to trust what Jesus has done for me and this alone. And then as we do that, we're going to turn around and say, I've been living as a rebel. I now need to follow Jesus as the one in charge rather than me as the one in charge. That is something which is so simple. Anyone could do it, even tonight. If you're someone here tonight who, who doesn't follow Jesus, or you're just not sure when you're at, can I say this invitation is for you? Why don't you have a chat to, to someone who perhaps brought you along or someone you know uh, and ask them about uh, how do I accept this invitation? I uh, would love to share with you. Um, come along on Tuesday night to the Life Course, a great space to keep exploring um, what this invitation is and, and what it means for you. Uh, do something about it today. It's a simple thing to do, but the parable ends with a sting in the tail. Uh, Look down at verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Uh, This guy's problem is not that his clothes weren't good enough. It's not that he's just picked up a, a suit from the op shop which is a bit shabby and doesn't quite fit and he hasn't sort of met the mark. No, no, he hasn't even turned up in wedding clothes at all. He has rocked up to the royal wedding banquet in jandals and stubbies. He's turned up just as he is. And his lack of wedding clothes actually tells us a bit about what his attitude is towards the king. Indifference. He hasn't treated the king with respect. And because of this, he is thrown out of the wedding. You see, this invitation, it's open to all. It's completely and wonderfully free. But you have to treat it and the king who offers it with respect. And there's lots of ways we could not show the proper respect. I've met lots of people who have spent time learning about Jesus and think, oh, that's really wonderful, but it's not really for me. And they've told me part of the reason is they're like, well, I'm not sure if this whole God thing is true. But look, if if God is real... If I do die and one day I face him, well, on that day, I'm just going to rock up and have a yarn with God. I'm going to tell him, look, God, I'm not perfect. I know that. No one is. But, you know, I'm actually not too bad. I'm a pretty good guy. Look at all the great things I've done. And their expectation is as they have this yarn with God, God's going to say, sure, come on in. Oh, how could I have made such a silly mistake? It sounds like some good reasoning. But God at incredible cost to himself, has made a way 
for us to have this relationship with him. And if we think we can just turn up just as we are, ignoring what God has done for us, and think we're just going to rock up, have a yarn, and turn up in, well, actually, we're going to on that day realize that we've turned up to a wedding banquet in jandals and stubbies. God will point out all the ways we have lived a life of rebellion against him, and we will be thrown out. There's a religious version of this as well. Uh, For those of us who have been at church perhaps for many years, perhaps our whole life, we always have a danger of being a bit like the religious leaders. They sincerely wanted to follow God, but they still wanted to just be a bit in charge. They knew the scriptures back to front, but when it suited them, they just didn't want to listen to what Jesus had to say. To not listen to Jesus To ignore things Jesus said and think that you know better, that's just another way to rebel against the king. And Jesus tells us this whole parable, warning both from the Jewish religious leaders but also all the rest of people who are invited, the consequences of if you casually reject this invitation. You maybe have been coming to church your whole life, but can I ask you, are you striving to listen to what Jesus has to say so that you can joyfully follow him? And stick with his words. Because you could follow all the rituals, just like this religious leader. But if you are not listening to Jesus on that last day, you will be thrown out. This invitation is open to all. It's completely free. But we have to treat this king with respect. If you're someone here today who has RSVP'd. If you're someone who loves following Jesus and listening to his words. I think Jesus partly tells this parable as an encouragement to us to keep going. Because there's lots of reasons in life that make us want to just give up and throw the towel in when it comes to following Jesus. Uh, For me, one of the most discouraging things is looking around New Zealand and seeing a country which once uh, sent out more missionaries per population than any other country in the world is now a country which, on large, has completely rejected this invitation. And as I've watched friends and people I love and family members know about this invitation and say, yeah, nah, it's so discouraging. And I've asked myself a number of times, should I just give up? Is it a waste of time? Well, look at how Jesus ends this parable. Look down at verse 14. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Jesus tells us this parable to, I think, help us get our expectations right about what's happening here. Uh, He says this to remind us that actually God is still in control even over all of this. Even in the religious leaders listening to Jesus say this parable, who will end up having him killed, even in that, God is not out of of his control. Even as people reject Jesus today, that is not outside of his control or power. We are always responsible for our decisions. But even that is not outside of God's knowledge and power. And he says this not to make us question, oh, am I one of the chosen people or not? He tells us this parable so that we pay close attention and say, yeah, I need to listen to Jesus and follow him. He's saying, look, many people are going to hear his invitation and reject it. But you, you who hear, you keep following Why will we keep following? Because the king of the universe 
has invited us to have a close and deep and wonderful relationship with him now and for all eternity. He has done us an incredible cost to himself, sending his own son to die for us. He's inviting us to something which will far outshine Will and Kate's wedding a million times over. Whatever joy and celebration and wonder and glory was on that day will be a billion times better in that wedding banquet when we have a close, deep relationship with God. When all sadness and death and sorrow has gone away and we are just there with the source of life and goodness. That's the invitation that we have got. Keep holding on, even as you watch other people ignore it. And, and hey, if you do know how good this invitation is, how could you not share this with other people? Uh, Naomi and I are heading off to Japan, so uh, we can't share it here in Wellington. But you, you who live here, could you take some risky, tricky step to try and tell someone you know and love about this invitation. Look, it's going to be uncomfortable. Actually, many may reject the invitation just like Jesus says in this parable. But for some, hearing about this invitation might be the time they first see who God is and what he's done for them. This might be the start of a relationship uh, which will bring them to eternal life with the king on that day. Will you take a risky step to tell someone one, I pray for us as we finish. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful invitation. Thank you for sending your son to make a way for us to have a relationship with you. I pray you'll be of every one of us today and help us to be those who hear, who accept, who depend on Jesus entirely and keep going. Father, I pray that you would save many people here in Wellington, many people in Japan, that they would hear the invitation and joyfully accept and be of us there at that banquet on that last day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.